Do you remember when we were into Gold Digger and mum's like, Peter? And you're like, I ain't saying she a gold digger and stuff. And he's like, what? This is a great song. Like, this fucking bangs. And there's, like, three girls, like, going through puberty singing gold digger with their dad. And mum's like, Peter, you can't do that. G'day, I'm Holly Dowse-Robinson and welcome to Notes From Home where we have a beer with your favourite Aussie musos and the people that raised them. Today we speak to Charlotte Vasigi of Moaning Lisa and her lovely dad Peter. We bought a case of Furfies, turned up to the wrong address in Canberra, tracked him down and talked about her family's shared love of music, Moaning Lisa not being a punk band and coming out to a particularly unfazed set of parents. These are her notes from home. My name is Charlotte Lucy Vasigi and I play guitar, bass and sing and I play in Moaning Lisa. Yeah, so I've always been into music. Like I was originally like into dancing when I was really young and I was like, I'm going to be a choreographer, yada, yada. And then my nana... Uh, wanted to get rid of her old piano and mum was like, I'll take it. And you girls, like me and my two sisters, like you have to do at least six months of piano lessons because if we're going to have a piano in the house, someone has to be playing it and I can't play piano. And I was the only one who actually stuck with it, mostly because I'm, I'm the type of person who like it's the same with jobs and stuff. Like I'm, it's not necessarily that I'm really committed to anything. I'm just like, nah, I couldn't be bothered quitting. So I might as well keep going. So I did piano lessons for like four years um, from the age of 11. Hated it. My parents have always been, and my whole family are so into music, so every birthday and Christmas you would get given CDs. My mum bought it for me. It was Ray of Light by Madonna when I was, I think, five or six. And it was all I listened to for years. So I never really bought CDs because I would always just get them given to me or like I'd listen to mum or dad's CDs. So the first one I bought, bought. I was like 14 and I had my own job and so I bought Phoebe You Can't Sweat Out. I don't even know why. I just liked the cover. I got to 15 and I was like, piano's for losers. I want to learn guitar. And so I took up guitar lessons and I was so shit. My guitar tutor was my angel, like Aaron Lyons. If anyone's in Canberra and wants a guitar tutor that's going to change their life, go with him because he's the reason why I'm in a band. He's the reason why I went with it because he was the only person in my life being like, you are good, you have something, like, this is great. Don't worry about the small stuff. Like, don't worry that you don't know scales like the back of your hand. Don't worry that you can't play, like, you know, Tom Morello type guitar parts you know what I mean um and he got me to sing as well like the first song I ever sung in public I was 15 years old and it was who will save your soul by Jewel I forgot the words in the second verse and mum had to sing them to me so that I would remember that was great I was so nervous Another really vivid memory I had as a little girl and that was like quite nice as like a gay woman now is um, Sophie B. Hawkins' Damn I Wish I Was Your Lover. Damn, I wish I was your lover. I 
And I remember being a little girl in our kitchen in America because we were living in America at the time and mum and dad da like dancing to it in the kitchen and I was like, oh, this song is great. And mum and dad sat me down and they were like, this song is a woman singing about another woman because women can be in love with other women and this song is about that. And I was like, wow, all right. And they were like, and that's good and that's okay kind of thing. And they like, it was like my first memory of like, oh, my parents are fag hags. Like, do you know what I mean? Oh my God, my coming out is hilarious because they were like, yes, I'll have you know I went to the first Mardi Gras in Sydney. Like all of our friends were gay. Like, Dad's like, I had an earring and blue hair. <laughs> like, but I'm straight, but it's fine. <laughs> I was 22. No, I wasn't. I was 20. Um, and they were living in New York and I was living here by myself. Um, I'd been in a relationship with a dude for like four and a half years. It was like very serious. Um, and I fell in love with a girl at uni. And so I had to leave him. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm like, you are dead to me. <laughs> like I'm fucking besotted. And so it was more, the Skype conversation was more like I've broken up with Robbie more than I'm gay. Uh, so I was just like, I broke up with Robbie because I fall in love with someone else. And they're like, oh, who? And I was like, her name is Sarah. And mum was like, oh my God, darling, that's great. Just want you to know, like, that's so okay. And we're so happy for you, blah, 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 blah. And then she's like, Peter, say something. And dad was like, what music does she like? <laughs> What's her favorite band? And mum was like, what the fuck? Like, tell her it's okay that she's gay. And he's like, oh yeah, I don't care that it's a girl, but like, what's her favorite band? And I was like, Red Hot Chili Peppers. And he's like, mm-hmm. concerned about people wanting us to write every single song about being queer and about being like political like I didn't we're not a punk band on the record we're not punk like yes that song has punk elements but it's like it's a pop song like can people stop calling pe things punk just because they're political or they have a guitar in them like it's just and also Carrie's not political it's literally like Boys by Charlie XCX Carrie is like that but it's about girls and that's what makes it inherently political I'm like no like I'm it's not there was a show that we played really early on that was us and press club press club opened then we played after press club and then two no-name white dude bands played after us and the whole night I was sitting with Nat from press club and we were kind of like we didn't say anything but there was this unspoken like why were we opening this show? That was the point where I was like, okay, now I'm going to actually like make sure that we're not being placed as the opener on a mediocre white dude lineup and we're going to actually actively make sure we're not being put in these positions where we're tokenized and not given a spot that we deserve. And so it was really nice when like a year later we were supporting Press Club at the Northgate Social Club that was sold out two nights in a row and I said something on stage. I was like, yes, <laughs> here we are. This is where we actually belong. Good. Yes, now it's right. My name's Peter Vasici and I'm the father of Charlotte Vasici from Moaning Lisa. My parents didn't, weren't into music at all. But I had an older brother um, and uh, my earlier memories was Led Zeppelin, Uriah Heep. These sort of really big 
heavy metal bands. But Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath. Well, Black Sabbath was my first album. Mm. It was um, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. I think I scared the crap yes. out of my parents. I was six years younger, but we could go and see some of the big bands with my brother. So we'd see like Queen, Stranglers, Roxy Music at the Horton Pavilion in Sydney. But he was the sort of the means which we can go out, uh, being the older brother and I had an older sister. So we'd see a lot of bands when we were like really young and out like 10 or 12 and 13. We used to go and see bands much younger. Catherine and I met at a protest at Sydney University and we had a mutual friend, Martin, and um, Martin was just brilliant. He used to do these mixed tapes of the 60s music, which I'd never been exposed to before. And if you listen to any, like, 60s stuff, it was like... Dusty Springfield and, patchouli. you know, Patchouli. I was literally just saying Patchouli Clark. <laughs> Let me speak. Patchouli Clark. Charlotte was quiet. She, she, loved, she loved being by herself. Of the three of the children we had, she was the one who was more comfortable being by herself in her room, listening to music and doing stuff. I think she still likes that sort of space, but when she sort of clicks on to the extrovert phase of Charlie, she's extroverted, you know, and so she's on the stage. She's quite a quite a, um, a, a bit of a paradox in that sort of sense, that she has that quiet time and she enjoys being a quiet time. Even now when she comes home from work, she'll put the earphones on, have a few darts on the old place on the deck and listen to music for, for hours, you know, and, and not... Uh, and not interact with anybody else. And then she'll come and go, blah, 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 yeah. turn off and go out again. She's not, there's not, there's not a sort of in-between Charlie. She's either no. full on or she's, she's, she's by herself. I, okay, we have an argument about who discovered Wolfalis first. Oh, no, you did. I but, did. Oh, but, what? You did, but I saw Listen to first, him being like, nice now. I saw them twice in New York before you even saw Shut them. Shut the fuck up. He, <laughs> caught, he caught Theo, like the bassist. He caught him because he saw him in this tiny venue and Theo decided to like jump into the crowd and Dad fucking held him. Like Theo is my entire life. My bass is named after him. My bass is called Theo after Theo Ellis of Wolf Ellis. And then we saw... Um, Elliot, the, um, the, a delicatessen, um, Charlotte's younger sister and I went and saw them at the Mercury Lounge in, in the Lower East Side of New York and then we went to a, delicate, a cat's delicatessen, which was across the road, and she was there, I think, with her folks having some yeah. supper. And we said hello. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about that? And I was here studying a dead-end music degree in fucking Canberra. <laughs> Renaissance chamber music. There's been a few I missed. There's been about three that he's missed, I think. Once I've gone touring outside of Canberra, it becomes harder. But I've been known to jump on a plane, including with her sister, to go and see them. Yeah, he jumped on a plane and surprised us at Big Sound in Brisbane. And it was like a Wednesday afternoon too. And I'm like, Dad, 
aren't you meant to be at work? And he's like, nah, fuck work. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's chill. I'm just going to go around to all the shows. So he was having a great time. He just, <coughs> every time I saw him, he had a beer in his hand and he's like, I've seen this band. I've gone to this venue. That's I'm a, living. Big Sam was the best festival I've been to. Yeah. It was just brilliant because it was all really great up and coming bands. Some mm. of who I knew, some of who I've heard of, but hadn't yeah. seen. Yeah, we have really similar music tastes. Like The Smiths is a really big one. It was one of those bands that, like, I knew the music like the back of my hand because I think I was listening to it as a fetus even. Um, but I didn't actually acknowledge until I was probably, like, 16 or 17. And then I was like, oh, this is, like, fucking great. So I wrote my first ever thesis at uni on The Smiths. My band covered How Soon Is Now by The Smiths for a Halloween show. And I just kept thinking, like, Dad saw the Smiths play this in 1983 at, like, a, wasn't it like a protest? Yeah, big like job. A, the coal mines were the being... coal mine, yeah. I was really in London at the time when, when the coal mines were being closed by Margaret Thatcher. And um, they played this big Jobs for a Change festival at South Bank in London. Like this sounds like a cliche, but there's one thing you, as parents you always want is your children to be happy. And she's found her niche and she's really happy and that's just... Fantastic. I love that. The other thing I, I think about about Charlie is that not only does she write good music, and, and I love the music they do, it's a small business. Now, a band is a small business. It's more than just the creative side. It's basically the marketing, it's the promotion, it's the production, it's a whole... It is a small business, and the fact that she's, had a, she's actually ahead of a successful small business is also something that like we're really, really chuffed and proud about, and... Uh, I do all the band. I mean, uh, Haley and Ellen, and even um, even the dude. What's his name? Um, but think, the great thing about Hayden, he gets that. He gets, he gets it. That. He's fine. He's fine. Yeah. I love him yeah. so much. Yeah. Love you, Hayden. Notes from Home is produced for FBI Radio. If you like what you heard today, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I'm Holly Douse Robinson, and Jonathan Took is our executive producer and sound engineering wizard. Shout out to our associate producer, Grace Stranger, and co-creator, Nina Oyama. Cheers to Music Farmers Wollongong and FBI Radio Sydney. And with hugs and thanks to Charlie and Peter Vasiji for jumping on board. 